Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Cold calling sucks, knocking on doors sucks, talking to strangers sucks, selling stuff the way you were taught to sell stuff absolutely sucks. This is the Do This Sell More Show. I'm your host, Dave Lorenzo, and we have a great show for you today. I have today for you the guy who's going to teach you how to maximize your inbound sales. That's right. This is someone who's doing this every single day. And folks, that's what makes us different here at Do This Sell More. We bring you the people who can make this happen for you because they're doing it themselves. There's no academic theory. There's no people out there who wrote a book and are just trying to hump a book and get you to do techniques that they've heard about but never done. We've got actual experts using the tools that they're going to discuss with us today. So let me tell you a little bit about Jeremy Lavalier. Jeremy is an absolute expert on inbound sales, and he's been in sales for 10 years with experience ranging from direct sales to channel. He really has found a niche in business development, and he's exceeded his quota for nine months in a row, including one month with 69 meetings set. That's more than two meetings every day, even if he's working on weekends. That's absolutely crazy. This has resulted in him being voted Sales Development Rep of the Year at the Sales Development Conference by 10Bound, and this was in 2019. Now, Jeremy's with Lead IQ, which is a fantastic tool for you to use to get contact information for people so that you know you're going to get through to them when you want to reach them. But without further ado, I want to welcome Jeremy to the show. Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Jeremy, tell me a little bit, just give me, give me your background real quick. Tell me what drove you to get into sales and why you've stayed in it for so long. What, has, what, what, is, what, what gets you fired up about sales every day? Yeah, so I actually have a unique story as somebody that has overcome some challenges. And, um, you know, it's like this underdog story, somebody that was down and then was able to rise up from the ashes. <laughs> um, in the beginning, I wasn't very good at sales. I sucked at sales in the, in the beginning when um, I wasn't as mature and I didn't have the sales skills or business acumen or people skills that I do now. So I've been fired from like three or four different sales jobs early in my career, early in, you know, early mid twenties. But then I didn't give up, you know, I stuck with it. I had some, you know, resilience and I just along the way, I was able to um, learn a lot of things and improve my people skills and my, <clears throat> my confidence and my business acumen and my sales skills to the point where um, I started to get better at it. And then as I started to get better at it, I kept, you know, sinking my teeth in, in learning uh, and immersing myself in whatever product I was selling and in the sales and marketing B2B world networking with with other people that I could learn from and reading books to the point where um, I started to get even better. 
Jeremy, what was the one thing that clicked for you that led you to believe you could actually do this? None of us are born being great at sales. And I think we're all, we all have a story similar to yours where we sucked along the way. And then at some point, something clicked. What was the one thing that clicked for you? Yeah, yeah, there was a, a few things, but one in particular, um, it's kind of, um, you know, a, a unique story and, and different than what most people probably would expect me to say. Um, but I wasn't very, um, I wasn't, my, my people skills weren't very good. And so I wasn't very confident talking to strangers, which if you're in sales prospecting, you know, that is, you're dead in the water right there. Um, but what I, what I was at the time, I was living in a, in a city and I had some friends that, um, I, I started to go out more. <laughs> I okay. started to go out and interact with strangers. And, you know, all of a sudden, the more I went out with friends and, you know, go to restaurants and, and comedy clubs and bars. And, um, and then I became more comfortable talking, actually talking to strangers in, in public and having actual human to human conversations. And then I became, then my friends were, you know, I became known as like the opener. I was able to open conversations with anybody, um, including women and, and get their phone numbers and stuff like that. So, um, when, it was like this flip side from like, I used to be the awkward guy in high school and college that, you know, couldn't talk to girls and couldn't talk to strangers and stuff. But just from coming out of my shell, um, that was one of the things that really um, turned things around for me. And, and that coincided with me being better on the phone um, and making cold calls. So that was one of the things that, uh, that kickstarted some of the confidence for me. That's terrific. Now tell me, tell me about your, tell me about your approach. Um, and I want to, I want to talk about three different things. I want to talk about your approach when it comes to social settings. And I want to, I want you to tell me how, what's similar in your approach to, to, a to a sales prospect. Right. And then I want to talk a little bit about comedy. So let's talk about your approach in social settings and how that's similar to your approach when you sell. Yeah, so I think uh, it's just being comfortable and and just being comfortable and confident with who you are and being able to walk up to anybody, um, any stranger, and just be able to have that charisma and confidence to to strike up a conversation with anybody. And you you have to just go for it, you know. And that's the same thing with cold calling. You know, you can't be afraid of what the prospect might say on the other end of the phone, or you can't be afraid of getting hung up on. You have to just go for it. And it's just a mindset. And in the beginning, you know, I, I was scared and I was awkward and stuff, but the more, the more I did it, then my mindset shifted and I just started to um, not really care. You know, you have to have this mindset of not, re not that fe no fear of rejection and not caring what that person is going to say if they reject you. And once you have that, you know, you don't, you don't give a, you know what, <laughs> mentality, um, you know, and there's no fear of rejection, then all of a sudden the, the confidence is there and you're able to strike up a conversation with anybody and make that connection with the other person. Yeah, I love that. And you know, one of the things I tell people all the time, uh, specifically I tell my clients is you're not going to remember the 10 or 15 people who rejected you, but you are going to remember every single deal you close. Every person who gives you the time of day who says, Hey, you've got something valuable. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. You're going to remember that. And you're not going to remember specific rejections. And Jeremy, I don't know about you, but I've never gotten into a fist fight over trying to sell somebody anything. People, people tell yep. me, look, they don't want it. And I move on and I go to the next place, but nobody's ever hurt me because I tried to be their friend or because I tried to sell them something. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. What's the worst that can happen? You know, what's the, the worst that can happen is you get hung up on. And then, you know, I've had it happen before where I get hung up on. And then two weeks later, that person email me, emails me back and is actually now interested in meeting. Like they don't even remember that happening. Yeah, you know? exactly. so, that's, so, um, that's so true. That, that, is, that is 100 percent true. Sometimes people will uh, people will call you back and they'll say, hey, listen, I just got this email from you. It sounds like you've got something really great for me. You talked mm-hmm. to that exact person two weeks ago yep. and they don't remember talking to you. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, just try somebody else at the company if that person hung up on you or, or rejects. You got to have thick skin. My, my theory about rejection in sales is most of the time, the rejection in sales, and t- tell me if you agree with this or, or if you want to expand on it. Most of the time, mm-hmm. the rejection in sales is not about you. It's about that person and where they are in their, in their business, where they are in their life. They may not mm-hmm. need what you have to offer, or they may not mm-hmm. see the value in what you have to offer. It's not about you. It's about them and their situation. So move on, and maybe they'll come back to you at a different point. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think we're psychologically programmed as humans to there's that just knee jerk reaction. You you get a a cold call or a cold email, and a lot of times people, if it's just you're you're catching them off guard, they don't know who you are. They were expecting this call. Right. They initially are just like they initially say, "Oh, I'm in a meeting," or "I'm not interested." Like you know, if they're in a meeting. Nine times out of ten, if they say they're in a meeting, they're not in a meeting. They're just trying to get you off the phone because it's a cold call. Or they just say, oh, we're all set or we're not interested. It's, they're just, just brush-offs. You know, they're just, it's just because we're programmed to, to do that. So you know, in those cases, you just have to kind of reframe the conversation um, and, and just say something like, oh, I, I totally, totally get that. Um, that that you're that you're not interested. Is there um, you know any any way I could have you know approach this conversation a little bit differently that would have had a different result. Say if you could just kind of reframe the conversation and then they're going to take a step back and be like, Oh, wait, wait a minute. Who, who are you with again? What exactly. do you guys do? And now you right. actually have their attention. But in the, that first time, you know, when you first got them on the phone, you had, you, you didn't have their attention at all. They weren't listening to your pitch. They're just trying to get you off the phone. So you have to be able to just kind of move past that, you know, get past that initial brush off and reframe the conversation and you might actually get some yeah, and the the reframing is so important because when you're when you reach out to somebody, and this is true if it's a referral or uh, you know if you're if you're cold calling someone, the initial shock of you being on the phone and you mm-hmm. and you talking to them, regardless of what your opening line is, their natural reaction is going to be, well, who is this? I'm not interested. I didn't ask for this call. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I what I like to do is whatever whatever they say when they when when you call them in that situation, I just say, oh yeah, me too. Oh, hey, you know, Jeremy, I, I'm in a meeting. I can't talk right now. Well, you know what, Dave? I'm in a meeting too. And I thought this was so important. I stepped out of my meeting to give you a call. And they're going to go, what? Mm-hmm. You yep. did what? <laughs> Who are you again? I mean, it completely mm-hmm. stops them in their tracks. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm super busy and I know what it is you guys do. And I really don't have time for this. You know what? I didn't have time for this either, but I thought it was so important. I wanted to reach out to you and give you a call. And they're going to say, yep. "Wait a minute! How did how did how did this happen? What's your yep. what's your opening line when you when you call someone or when you work walk up to someone and you want to start a relationship with them? What's your opening mm-hmm. line? What do you do to get the conversation started?" Yeah, if it's a cold call, the line that I've been using a lot lately is, "Hey, Dave, I know I realize I'm calling out of the blue here, and you're not expecting this call. Is it cool if I uh, explain the reason for my call in less than thirty seconds?" Oh, you that's know, good. Um, and what and what do people usually say? Nine times out of 10, they say, sure, go for it. You know, they're oh, like, great. oh yeah, yeah, sure. 
Sure. Okay. Go for it. You know, and now, now you have their attention and I'm not going to ask for, you know, like a few minutes or, you know, I, I know I'm calling out of the blue. Can I have 10 minutes of your time or five, you know, five minutes, you know, I'm calling out of the blue. It's not, it's a call. It's not on their calendar. I'm calling a busy, busy executive person, you know, so they don't, I, I know that, that they don't have very much time, but they did answer. So I probably am going to be able to at least get 30 seconds or a minute to at least, you know, get somewhere, you know, be able to generate their interest or pique their curiosity enough to be able to schedule an appointment from there. Um, if it's if it's in person, I take a little bit different approach. I mean, you know, I, I just try to figure out like, okay, you know, it, where, where am I? Is it like a networking event? Then I try to, re, you know, reframe it. And instead of just saying, oh, my company does you know, when, when they ask you at, at like an, an event, what do you what do you do? Instead of you know me just giving a, a generic elevator pitch, my company does blah 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 blah, and then they just tune out and they're like, yeah, whatever, sales pitch. I try to frame it like, here's the problem that we solve. You know, people people come to us because you know people come to us because they're experiencing problems with blah 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 blah. You know, and then we were able to help them so that now they are able to blah, blah, blah. You know, you you show the kind of before and after. Sure. And then if, if any of those problems resonate with that particular person, which hopefully they do, if, I mean, depending on where, what type of event you're at that you're meeting them at, hopefully similar people, you know, you actually have some, you know, key prospects that are there. Um, hopefully those things will resonate with now, when you're when you're calling to get uh, to book an appointment with someone, all your 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 entire objective is just to get them interested enough to agree to an appointment, right? Yep. So how do you how do you go about doing that? What is your uh, what? How do you show them enough value in thirty seconds so that they're going to give you? What are you looking for? Thirty minutes of their time or twenty minutes of their time in, a, in an appointment? Yeah, fifteen twenty minutes probably. Okay, so so give me your give me your pitch. What do you what do you say to to get them interested in Lead IQ so that they so that they want to find out more? Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm very strategic and targeted with prospecting. So um, it's going to look different uh, if I'm selling to a VP of Sales for a company that sells an ERP system to law firms in you know, the enterprise space and most of their customers are in, you know, in, in the West coast or something versus, um, somebody who manages, um, an inside sales team of only five people. Um, and they, you know, sell a, um, a security software to see to chief information security officers, for example, you know, it's always going to kind of look a little bit differently, but in general, um, I, I might say something like, Hey, problem that we solve is that a lot of companies are finding that their, their sales reps are spending too much time um, manually trying to find data on their prospects and, and build prospecting lists and figure out who they should talk to and um, try to guess their emails and phone numbers and get that data into their CRM. It's on average taking sales reps six hours a week. If we can cut that out and um, for, for you guys, so you can spend, your reps can spend more time actually selling, um, would that help you guys out? So the value you're providing is you're saving them six hours a week and that's time they can be more productive. And if they generally get one more appointment an hour or close one more deal an hour, that's six more deals you're bringing them mm -hmm. a week. Really? Right? Yep, exactly. So that's, so that's yep. fantastic. So Jeremy's on the phone here looking to help me get six more deals a week. Why wouldn't I give him 15 minutes? That makes sense to me. Yep. There you go. <laughs> All right. Yep. So now let's let's talk about how uh, how comedy has helped you in your role of uh, of sales in your role as a as a you know sales professional, somebody who delivers value to people. Um, talk to me about what you're doing with comedy, and tell me about how comedy has helped you be more successful in doing what you do. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it all comes down to just being a real person, you know, of being a human and not being a robot. And especially when you're prospecting, um, you know, and even if you're taking the deal from, you know, the, it, it's pipeline and you're trying to close it, or if you're managing accounts, you know, you have to be a person and, and not a robot. So let your personality out. I mean, if you're not funny, then, you know, then, um, then don't try to, <laughs> don't try to be funny. Um, but I have done some stand up comedy and that, and that's helped me out a lot where, you know, I'll, I'll do videos. I'll send prospecting videos to prospects. And I use a, a software called Vidyard to, to do that where, you know, you're able to really quickly record a video on your computer and it embeds it in the email. So what most people that use software tools like this for these video, um, you know, emails that you can send people, they just turn the camera on and they just pitch their product. You know, they literally will just say the same thing that they would have said in the text email. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's just a canned product pitch. But what I do is I'm like, oh, I'm going to use this opportunity to actually like use my personality. Um, so I'll do goofy, um, I'll do goofy songs and, you know, um, and, and dances and rap, freestyle rap songs and stuff like that. I have one that I do where if I notice that a product, a prospect viewed my LinkedIn profile, um, that that's what's triggering me to reach out to them because it's a little bit of a, more of a warm lead. Sure. They just, looked, yeah, they just looked at my LinkedIn, they just looked at my LinkedIn profile. So if then I looked at theirs and I see they're a good account, they're a good prospect. Then I, well, the first email that I'm going to send them says subject line will say made you a music video. Who's not gonna Who's not gonna open that email right, if, that, if that's right. their subject line? Made you a music video, and then I I have this video where the uh, you know the the Michael Jackson and, and uh, Roswell song. Somebody's watching me. Yeah, yep. um, I'm playing that song and I'm dancing to that song, and then one of my coworkers is in, the, in the background, like peering around from from around the corner, like watching me from around from behind something behind, around the corner. And it's just like a 30 second video of me dancing around and he's, he's back there. But I put that if, if they viewed my profile and I'm like, like you know, I, I note and then in the email, I say, hey, I hey, so and so um, I noticed you viewed my profile. So I wanted to reach out, but didn't want to be weird about it. So made you this video. And then there's the video that's embedded into the email. What a great and then idea. below that. Below that, I put like a one or two sentence value prop that's specific to them. I mean, I, I don't just send the video, you know. Right, I mean, right. there, there has to be some actual value for, their, for them and their business. Um, but, you know, then I do a call to action. I send that. You know, that's just one example of you, the ways that you can kind of use humor to break through the noise and, and actually come across as more of a human instead of a robot. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. And that tool, again, was called Vidyard. We'll put the link in the notes. It's V-I-D-Y-A-R-D. Is that right? Yes, we'll put correct, that. We'll yes. put a link to their website in the show notes so that people can uh, people can go check out that tool. Now, tell me a little bit about Lead IQ. Tell me how it's going to help. Let, let's say I'm the CEO of a of a B two B company. How how is it going to mm -hmm. help my folks? It's going to save us six hours a week. We're going mm -hmm. to we're going to wind up uh, you know closing more deals as a result. But what does the tool actually do? Is it is it a contact database? And how do you get the information? Tell us about it. Sure. So the main way a lot of people use Lead IQ is as an extension of LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is the world's most up-to-date and accurate database of people and where they work. Um, and we work as an extension of LinkedIn, um, making it really fast, easy, efficient for sales reps to find people on LinkedIn, 
whether it's just one at a time, you're on somebody's profile and you're just looking at that one person, or if you have a list of people and you're looking at the, a list of people that you've built this list um, in LinkedIn by putting in different search parameters and filters. Um, and Lead IQ makes it really fast and easy to push all those leads into the CRM with one click with their cell phone number and email address and information about their company, technology is being used at that company, et cetera. Wow. So Lead IQ captures all that information off of LinkedIn. So if you're a sales rep out there and, you, and you're and you spending hours and hours and hours going through and trying to find their contact information, this, this does it for you. If you're the CEO of a company and you have a sales team, this will save your sales team on average six hours per person per day or per week. I'm sorry, six hours per person per week. And that six hours per week, you could end up closing six more deals at minimum. So mm -hmm. you're, you're making more yeah. money by, by using the tool. How does, how does lead IQ work in terms of, uh, in terms of pricing? Is it, it's software as a service, I'm assuming, right? So there's mm -hmm. uh, so there's a pricing model and I'm assuming they get a break from more people they have in their company. Correct. Yep. So, um, yeah, you have it right. I mean, it's a, it's a per license model. Um, it, you know, it's a certain amount per, per user and then there's price breaks. So as you add more users, the price per user goes down. Yep. So Jeremy, if I'm a, if I'm an entrepreneur out there and I'm, and I'm spending my time, you know, half of my time is selling, half of my time is doing my thing. Can I just get one license for lead IQ? Can I sign up for just one license or is it only for big sales teams? Um, yeah, you can, you, you can sign up just for, for one user. All right. Absolutely. Terrific. Yeah. And the and the website for Lead IQ is leadiq.com, right? It's leadiq.com. Now Jeremy, yep. if our folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you so they can learn more about you and what you do and sales and uh and sure. how you can break the ice and maybe meet girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll happily uh, be be your wingman if you're uh in in the Boston area. Um yeah, you can look me up on LinkedIn. Just uh, search Jeremy Levier on, on LinkedIn. Connect with me there or drop me an email, jeremy at leadiq.com. Happy to chat um, and, and help people out. Perfect, Jeremy. Now, the last couple of questions I always ask our guests so that people know what the best conferences are and what the best places to go for good information about B2B sales are. Tell me about uh, conferences that you attend that you found valuable. Tell me about websites that you go to to check out what's going on in the industry and where you go to get better. So conferences you attend, wh where do you go to, uh, to connect with other people and to, uh, and to you know, discover new things? Sure. So I'm part of the Enterprise Sales Forum, um, which is a global organization that um, has has different chapters. You know, there's chapters in London and, and Boston and, you know, all these different cities that puts on, they're usually once a month um, sales networking events where, you know, they'll have a panel of, of, of experts speaking on a particular topic. Um, and before the panel discussion is, you know, networking, um, you know, with beer and wine and food and stuff like that. So Enterprise Sales Forum is definitely a, a good one that I attend a lot of those events. Um, AAISP, um, Association of In Inside Sales Professionals, puts on lots of really good events, including the Leadership Summit with lots of sales leaders that go there. Um, I, I enjoy going to those events. Um, and then also um, there's the Sales Development Conference um, that Tenbound put on last year. Um, and I, I believe they're putting it on again this year. Outreach and Sales Loft, a couple other sales tools, um, they put on conferences as well. Um, Outreach is called Unleash and, and Sales Loft is called Rainmaker. 
um, very good conferences for, for sales, um, as, as well as Drift. Uh, Drift puts on a conference called Hypergrowth. That's really good. Um, and Outbound um, is another another good one. So there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of good conferences to check out for sure, as well as Dreamforce. The uh, that's probably the biggest one that's of Salesforce, all, the one that, yeah. that that Salesforce puts on. Yeah. All right, terrific. Jeremy's given us a bunch of resources. We'll pull those out of the uh, out of the transcript for you and put them in the show notes so you can go check them out and see what's right for you to attend. Remember, conferences are an opportunity for you to go meet other professionals who are doing what you do to network with them to really discover new ways to connect with people and deliver value. Also, you never know who's going to be at a conference. And if you're a superstar sales professional, you could hook up with the next hot company and become the top sales professional for Salesforce and make a boatload of money or the top sales professional for the next Microsoft and make a boatload of money. So you have to go to, you have to pick and choose which conferences you go to because they take up time, but go to conferences and network with people who do what you do so that you can sharpen the saw, get better at, at your craft and also meet people who can be influential in your career moving forward. Jeremy Levier, it's been great to have you on the show. What is the what is the one thing you want people to remember about you and about the time we spent together? What's the one big takeaway you want folks to uh, to grab from the last twenty minutes? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is when you're prospecting and reaching out to to new potential buyers, you know. Don't just don't just look at don't just play the volume game and do spray and pray and just you know ha have be relevant have some relevant insight that you can that you can provide to that person so you know you don't have to spend an hour doing research on their company and on that person and know where they went to college and what their favorite sports team and hobby is you know but just have some relevant insight um, that you can share with them that's actually going to add some value so that they sit back in their chair and say hey that. That conversation that I just had with that salesperson was really valuable. I learned a lot of new stuff that's going to help my business. I would actually pay for that conversation. Um, that's what That should be the goal. And that's what's going to help move deals forward and get deals in the pipeline. There you go. So deliver value first and then worry about closing the deal afterwards. Jeremy has a singular focus. He gets on the phone. He leads with value. He looks for the appointment, and then he demonstrates even more value on the appointment, and that's how he gets deals done. Jeremy, you've been an incredible resource for us. You've given us a ton of tips. Folks, I want you just to pick one of the things that Jeremy shared with us today, and I want you to do this and sell more. Until next time, I'm Dave Lorenzo, and we'll see you back here every Thursday with more great guests who give you tips that you can extract and take and put into action and do what the name of the show says. Do this, sell more. Jeremy, thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Dave. All right. Be well, folks, and we'll talk to you next week. Do this, sell more. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and my mission is to help you make a great living and live a great life. We'll see you right back here next Thursday. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Give us your feedback on each episode and get access to our free sales training course at dothissellmore.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Do This, Sell More.